my finances, investing, estate, and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances and Gifting Stock. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. If you're looking for a way to excite kids about stocks or just educate them on money investing and saving, or if you need to avoid paying taxes on your earnings or gains, then gifting your stocks could be just what you're looking for. Investment gifts can benefit everyone. You know, you can actually gift up to $15,000 per year without incurring a gift tax from the federal government. So you could give cash or anything of value up to that $15,000. It does not, however, include gifts to your spouse or to a political organization or even tuition or medical expenses for family members. So you don't have to worry about if you're going to hit that cap. You will still need to file on your income taxes that you gave the gift to somebody, but there is a maximum cap we're going to talk about. They want to know how much you're giving away in gift money. So like Kathy said, you can you can gift $15,000 and this can be uh, a gift of stocks, but it could also be a gift of land or real estate, a vehicle, other avenues that you can gift as well. So you can gift $15,000 in one year to any one person. So this means that you can give gifts to as many people as you'd like up to the very large cap of $11.4 million in your lifetime. Gifting investments that have gone up in value is a great tax move because the miner will more than likely be in a lower tax rate so they could sell the investment and file their own return. If you're going to give an investment to a child, you can keep it and manage it by putting it in a trust. And that way you're still responsible for it and making sure that the decisions that are made are responsible ones. You can put the gifts into a trust for an adult child as well. If you feel like that adult child is not going to make good decisions or you want to keep it in line with what you intended for them. So it's a way of kind of keeping some control, even though it's going to be theirs ultimately. When you gift stock, though, you need to make sure and keep a record of its cost basis. And the cost basis is the price that you paid for it, plus any costs of transactions for that stock. Of course, with all of this information, it's a really good idea to see a tax professional, a CFP or an estate planner, and they will be able to help you more specifically on your finances, but you can do it without their help. You can simply transfer the stocks from one account to another, or if your child is a minor, you can place it in a custodial account and then transfer the stock. This cannot be undone. It is irrevocable, and the child will have full control of the asset at your state's age of majority, which is usually 18. So there are two options. One, you can sell the stock and give what you've made in gains to your child, or you can just gift them the stock outright. If you choose to sell the stock and give them the proceeds or the gains, then again, that's the money that you're making, then you're going to be paying the taxes on those gains. If you've held that stock or item for over a year or a year and one day, actually, you're going to pay 15% tax on that. If it's less than a year and one day, you're going to pay your marginal tax rate, which can be anywhere from 10% to 37%. Your child, however, will probably be in that 10% tax rate if they're under the age of 18, and then they would be able to use that lower tax rate. You may want to sell the stock if the value has gone down, and then you can take the loss on your taxes. And by taking that loss on your taxes, it will help the money you keep go up, and then you could gift them that money. So it might be better if the stock has lost value, you keep it, you sell it yourself, 
you take the loss on your taxes and then you can give them any gains that you make from your tax benefit. When you just gift outright the stock, for example, if you gift them $10,000 worth of stock that you purchased 10 years ago for $2,000, they're going to owe the long-term gain of 15% on that $8,000 profit. There are some benefits to waiting until your death to gift stock to someone. So if you do that, then you have the benefit of being in control of that stock until your death and the cost basis could lower their tax liability. No matter when the stocks were purchased, they are treated as long-term gains. You could buy a stock tomorrow, pass away the next day. It's still going to be considered a long-term gain if it's part of your will versus if you sold it the next day, then you're going to pay whatever your marginal tax rate is on it. The stock could actually be in a physical form. It could be a a stock certificate. This is not common, but if there is older stock, then it needs to be signed in the physical presence of the grantor or in front of a bank or a broker. Most often, we're not talking about paper stock anymore, though. So you could just transfer your shares that you have online to another account that you could open for your child. You can also transfer stock on a regular basis if you want to do that annually at a birthday or at holidays. You can also gift just a single share of stock. So there are some very expensive stocks out there right now. If you only wanted to share one share with them, that would be perfectly reasonable as well. Yeah. And talking about, you know, birthdays and holidays that, you know, something we considered is even gifting money to our like nieces and nephews. If they had a 529 college savings plan, that could be a way that, you know, we're gifting something that's really going to benefit them in the future by being able to contribute money towards that. Or if it's contributing money towards stock that their parents put in their account that they can buy with, you know, so these are all ideas that could be beneficial and that either for you, you're setting up, setting it up for your own kids and having people contribute to it if they want, or you're able to contribute to someone else's could be a really good benefit for them. And this is another thing you want to keep track of, though, for your gifting amounts so that you can make sure you're not going to exceed that 11 million cap. (laughs) Yes. So you can also actually gift stock to a charity versus gifting cash to them. And if you do that, the benefits are that you can deduct the fair market value of the stock, which is what it's selling for at that time. So for instance, if you paid $20 a share and you have 50 shares, that's $1,000. But if it's grown to $200 a share and is now worth $10,000, then you can deduct the $10,000 as a contribution, even though you only paid $1,000. So that's a really good benefit if you're considering gifting to a charity at that time. Now, as always, we want to remind you that you have these stocks in your portfolio. So they're often being saved for retirement. You only want to give away what you know you can afford to be without in retirement. So just keep that in mind as you're considering gifting stock whatever at whatever time you want to do that. And so you, using Jennifer's advice, you can just wait to gift your stock to that same organization just closer to the end of your retirement days. And that way you will know what you need more or less. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to gift stock to a charity and you're using it as part of an integrated part of your whole financial plan, it can really reduce your estate size. So when I was saying give it closer to the end of your days, that means that 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 was part of your estate that you actually gifted away to a charity 
and now you're getting to take that off of your taxes, it also reduces the size of your estate, which means that the taxes that you'll have to pay on your estate are smaller. The money that you're giving to your family or whomever you're gifting it to, actually, they will get more money because there'll be less owed in taxes at that time. So these accounts that we're talking about can be set up for any minor. It can be your child, a relative, or a friend's child. And this is done through a Uniform Gifts to Minors Act or Uniform Transfer to Minor Act. And you can talk to your broker or advisor to decide which would be best in your case. You can also transfer your stocks directly to your beneficiaries at your death with a transfer on death or TOD agreement. And so if you do this, this means it will not go through probate. The benefit to any transfer on death agreement, whether that's life insurance or your checking and savings account or these stocks, as long as there is a beneficiary listed and transfer on death is in place, that means it immediately goes to that person. When you die, your estate, it seems like your will is just read and then people get money, but that is not the case. It takes a very long time before you actually get the money out of a will or the assets out of a will up to a year to 18 months. But these transfer on death agreements, they get that money immediately. And that's so that they can, for example, life insurance, so they can use that to help pay for any costs of your passing, but also you know any income that you were bringing into that relationship. Essentially, gifting stock to your kids is a great way to start them on a way to understand the market and wanting to know more about their own saving and investing. In my own class, I have a club called Fearless Financial Fellows, where we are all given, quote unquote, $5,000 to invest. So after we talk about the stock market and how we choose companies and why we choose certain companies, I let them invest the $5,000. And usually they choose companies that they're familiar with. And that way they can buy stocks and be able to track it. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do is track stock. Is it just because we have heard of a company that makes it good? Or can we go back and do some research to see how that company is doing? But twice now that I'm aware of, I've had parents say to their kids after this experience, you know what, here's $5,000. You go ahead and make the decision about what you want to buy and sell in your account. And hopefully you'll be able to use this towards getting into a college. And I'm telling you, fourth graders are pretty excited when you tell them here's $5,000 and you get to start making decisions with it. So it's a, it's a terrific idea. It doesn't have to be $5,000, but it's a terrific idea to let your child start being responsible with maybe a share or two of some stocks and let them make the choices on it and let them see the losses and let them see the gains. You can open up a custodial account that you're still in charge of, but they will get to get that money at a certain age. So it, it's an exciting time for them as well. I think that's such a cool idea. It just, it makes me think about like when I was younger, we were gifted savings bonds. We've talked about those in a previous podcast and how many years it takes them to mature just to get this small amount. <laughs> but if if you're able to gift your kids money to start investing in stocks and teaching them about this, or if you're able to gift them something for their 529, knowing that it's going to hopefully significantly grow so that they can use it in the future, that's a really, really cool benefit for them. And ultimately, we want our kids to be excited about saving and investing and being responsible with their finances. And if this is just one way that gets them excited about it, that that can only be a benefit. It doesn't have to be $5,000. It can be $50. It can be (laughs) any amount of money. But if it gets them excited about being responsible, that's a great thing. Anything else? 
That's all for this week. Thanks for listening to Finances and Gifting Stocks. We know you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share and consider leaving a review because it helps bring financial education to others and it lets them find us more easily. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered by going to our website at financesand.net. Infographics are available here on these topics as well as at the website. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast can be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to. Hey, Belle, you remember your part. (laughs) 